Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This is Charlotte, and you're watching Going In Raw. That sounds terrible. What's up? This is the most must-see WWE superstar of all time and his lovely, gorgeous wife. <laughs> and you are Going In Raw. What's up? It's your girl, Sasha Thankful and Jet Boss, and you are watching Going In Raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. And you are tuned in to Going In Raw right now. How you doing? Hey, Brendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you can be listening to right here. YouTube.com forward slash Steve and Larson. Available wherever fine podcasts are. Be sure to hit that subscribe and notify button and then get on the iOS podcast app. Get on there and you leave us a little rating or a review. And that helps boost the profile of the show. Another great way to support Going In Raw is by going to Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Steve and Larson. We have a bevy of reward tiers there for your financial support. We reward you handsomely, or at least commensurate, with your financial support. It's great value. We're also uh, available at the Pro Wrestling Tees right now. Huge Black Friday savings. Look at this. Fun wrestling's a place to be. That is not one of our shirts. No. Do not say that that is. We've also got, hey. Hey. Wait, you do this? Double all this. Hey. Look at that. Fine. Hey. Sure. You're not me. More uh, cold hey. water. We're shooting this on Monday. Cold water Larson hey. shirts. Hey, you're not me. Should be up too, both of them. You're not me. Hey. Anyways, great deals right there at the Pro yeah. Wrestling Tees for Black Friday. Phenomenal deal. Uh, Best anyways, deals. This is not just going in raw. This is going in raw view. This is where we review old w old wrestling stuff. Yes, yeah, that time of the month where we look back at old wrestling shows, review them. That's right. Well, we watch them first, then review them. Yeah. This so this week, this month, we're doing Survivor Series, but it's Survivor Series 2003. We put three different shows up for a vote. Um, Survivor Series uh, 97, the Montreal Screwjob. Survivor Series 2012, debut of The Shield. And uh, and then we left it up to our $10 and up patrons to, uh, you know, throw out some suggestions for a third paper, a third Survivor Series. And they went with 2003. A bunch of them did anyways. Yeah. And then we put that up to a vote, those three choices up for a vote. And uh, they all voted for what they wanted. Yeah. It's turned into a revolt of sorts over there on the Patreon, Larson. But that's okay because they're paying us. So exactly. That's good for them. They get what they want. But it was also helpful, beneficial, at least in, 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 in for me, in my mind, because I had not seen Survivor Series 2003 before. So this is a show I have not watched. I remember, I'm pretty sure you saw Survivor Series 2012. Yeah. I know I've seen Survivor Series 97. Yeah. So this 
new. Made me a new show. New. I haven't seen before for that. I'm appreciative. New. New. What are you looking at? <coughs> Look at the fun wrestling shirt. It's a good design. You should be very. It looks even better because like it's a high contrasty recording we're doing. Yeah, right. it looks like you have actual metal uh, yeah. on like your chest. Can, are you trying to look at the mirror image? Yeah, right I'm trying to see my reflection. Yeah, it doesn't work. The chrome uh, lettering on the fun wrestling shirt doesn't work. This is a fun show. It um, was a really fun show. I think so. Around this time, I was kind of watching, kind of not watching. I, I think that me and Evolved used to watch together around this time. I think. Um. So I, I'm. I, I kind of remember some of it. I think I remember some of this stuff. All right. It was really. It was fun though. Yeah, it was a fun show. Again, the great thing about these kind of shows, lots of weird. Yeah. Lots of weird stuff going on. Like Goldberg and Austin were around at the same time. Why didn't they ever get? I know Austin had retired. Well, I think he five months earlier. Well, I don't know if it was ever official. This is the show where he had to officially on camera retire. Yeah, but he hadn't had a match. No, I know. Mania. The I know the the presumption was that he was done right. going into that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but this is where he had to actually. But still, they did. They never. I mean, I'm sure Goldberg was on Raw. This was post brand split, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it like yeah. It. SmackDown yeah. was around, wasn't it? Yeah, they had their own announced teams. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they were both the like Goldberg and Austin were both on Raw, right? I'm sure they crossed paths. Mm-hmm. I mean, Austin well, was Goldberg debuted the day after WrestleMania 19. I, no, yeah, 19. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that point, Stone Cold was already done. Yeah, but then he came back as Sheriff. No, yeah. Sheriff or GM? On GM. Yeah, they were saying that he and Sheriff was later. Yeah. At the end of the year, at the end of 2003, after the Survivor Series, he came back as Sheriff. Yeah. This was a very short-lived retirement for Stone Cold. Because yes. he came back as Sheriff. <coughs> and then I think I like, just kept on doing what he was doing. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of actual goodbyes here. No. It kicked off with Team Angle, which, which was, oh sorry, which I mean honestly was basically Team Cena. Because yeah, I know he came out first, dropped a promo. I thought it was Team Cena. I know, and he, his promo encompassed the entirety of Survivor Series though, because he talked about all the other matches you're going to see in his basic thugonomics word life rap style. Very clever, John Cena. Mm-hmm. Um, he was over. People liked him. He yeah. was baby-faced John Cena. Yeah. But very recent baby-faced yes. John Cena. And even the... the Because um, I, I, re- I read a review just to see if there was any, like, interesting trivia here or there about it. And uh, apparently the, the handshake and acknowledgement, the validation from Benoit at the end of this match sort of was meant to solidify Cena as baby-faced guy. Mm-hmm. So, but this is before he won the U.S. title. Before he won, obviously, the world title. Yeah, that was two years later, or a year and a half later. It was WrestleMania 21. Yeah. His first world title. Well, and 20 was when he won the, the US, US title. title off of, uh, Big Show. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, anyways, yeah, but this was Team uh, Angle. John Cena, Chris Benoit, JBL without his... Well, he's still Bradshaw. This was... Yeah, he was still Bradshaw as APA, but he had short hair. Yeah. It was like pre-JBL. He was making the, 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 the transition from Bradshaw, uh, Acolyte Protection Agency... Uh, butt kicker. Yeah. To what was his nickname he gave himself? The God of Pro Wrestling. God of Wrestling. Yeah, he was making that. Well, he was like, you know, he's, he's supposed to be the pro wrestling version of uh, of J.R. Ewing. Yeah. You know, oil man, apparently. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, he, he, he apparently had some success. Oh, yeah, stock no. Market. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. But it was a very Dallas themed gimmicky. Oh, guy, it was, definitely. You know, the space theme he's going to Yeah. Didn't he used to have a, a show on <coughs> Fox or Fox CNBC? Fox Business or CNBC, yeah. Yeah. 
Bob Holly was also on the team. As was Kurt Angle. And, of course, Kurt Angle. And they took on Team Lesnar. Which was like, it was so Big Show, it was just a bunch of freaking, like, Big Show, who was U.S. champion at the time, uh, A-Train. Matt Bloom. Yeah, Albert. You know him from the My Career Mode. Yeah. Um, and then two of these creative character type guys, like default creative characters. Well, Nathan Jones, he would grow, uh, find uh, further acclaim in uh, Mad Max Fury Road, yeah? Oh, that's that? right. Yeah. That's right, yeah. He was he's an act- actor now. He's an actor now. Yeah. Good for him. But back then, he just looked like normal creative characters. He was massive. He's a big dude. Yeah, that's what they were saying. This is the largest, in terms of size, of the competitors Survivor Series team ever. Oh, well. Like, yeah. Lesnar looked like an average-sized person in relation yeah, to all these other wrestlers. I know. And he it was, was, so it was kind of, it was, there wasn't a lot of mystique left with Brock Lesnar. He was definitely more of a vulnerable Brock Lesnar oh, yeah, than we yeah, know yeah, him no, now. No. And then, a matter of months later, he'd be done. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, Matt Morgan, <laughs> who I think is the one that Jim Cornette swore up and down that he could have been, like, really, really hot stuff. Yeah, yeah, And then he just He was wasn't. super tall. Look at those traps. Wow, Nathan Jones, 6'11". Those look like Photoshop. 6'11"? That's what it says. So he would make Drew McIntyre look small. IMDB profile. Oh, my gosh. Massive. Matt Morgan and then Brock Lesnar, of course, because it's Team Lesnar. I didn't see any of the, like, build-up to how Lesnar was picking his teammates, though. I think it's strictly based on size. Yeah. He they, he said, hey, WWE stat guy, I want you to get me a shoe. Yeah, Matt Morgan's 7 feet tall. Who's? Oh, my God. That's weird. It didn't seem like it when I was watching this. Maybe because they're in there with the big show. Could be. Anyways, uh, immediately before the bell even rings, Bob Holly tries to shoot on somebody. Yeah, I think it was Lesnar. <laughs> oh, yeah, because Bob Holly was up sad that uh, Lesnar broke his neck trying to powerbomb or something. Yeah. Months before. But, you know, he should have stuck to the script because the ref kicked him out. Yeah, it was an odd start to the match. You're out of here, Bob Holly. DQ'd. Yeah. Before the bell even rings. Yeah. Weird. That's the most Bob Holly thing you could do. Uh, pretty quickly, there was a pretty steady stream of eliminations. <laughs> Have you ever seen any of Bob Holly <laughs> shoot interviews with our? I think it's RF video? Mm-mm. They're hilarious because he just looks like he wants to. He looks so, like, surly, I guess, you know? He seems like an ill-tempered individual. Yeah, right? Like, he, he has the same. Like, he looks the exact same. Mm-hmm. I mean, good for him. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal shape still. That seems very in keeping with him, though. He seems like a very regimented guy. Yes, he does. But, like, you know, he just he didn't seem like he has, has a sense of humor at all. Yeah, none. He never came off. This is the man you speak named Sparky Plug. <laughs> yeah, right? You think you have a sense of humor. And then, like, you know, he craps all over the uh, the click. And then you go and you watch a Scott Hall shoot interview, the same with the same company or whatever, and same interviewer guy who interviews everybody. And, like, Scott Hall just, like, runs him down. Kevin Nash runs him down. Wow. It was great. Anyways, um... Uh, JBL eliminates, <laughs> Bradshaw, Bradshaw eliminates A-Train with his clothesline from hell. So, bye Matt Bloom. Bye Matt Bloom. Big Show eliminates, see this first match, the first two matches actually were like the, the low points of this entire pay-per-view. Yeah. Because this, this match was, it was like crap and then boom, 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 elimination, elimination, elimination. I know, there's a lot of eliminations and there was a bit of a, a break in the eliminations and then at the end it's elimination, elimination, elimination. Right. But there was like these first two or three were just yeah bang, one on bang, top bang. of the other. Big Show eliminates JBL with a choke slam. Back when they booked the choke slam strong, Kurt Angle eliminated Matt Morgan with an angle slam. And then Angle eliminated Nathan Jones with an ankle lock. And then Lesnar eliminated Kurt Angle with an F five. That's right. But then Benoit made Lesnar tap out to the crossface. 
<laughs> so this was uh, this was after Lesnar. This was kind of blow off ish. Their uh, WrestleMania match was this prior that prior year or yeah, that that 19, year. Yeah. And then this was I think the last time they really kind of locked horns because I mean they teased Goldberg Angle. I don't know when Goldberg Lesnar became a thing, but. You know, it was six months later it happened at WrestleMania. Yeah. We were both left. Well, I mean, during this show, they had this, a bit where Goldberg walks in. They, they teased it. That's what I mentioned. Yeah, they yeah, teased yeah. it. Yeah. Um, John Cena got the final elimination. Eliminating. Nothing ever changes. Well. 14 years ago. I know. Nothing ever changes. With the, uh, an AA, back then called an FU. What do you think that stood for? Demonetized. I know. Demonetized. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so it was Chris Benoit eliminating Lesnar with a crossface, but then John Cena eliminating Big Show with an FU. And so we have two sole survivors. Chris Benoit and John Cena. Yeah. Team Kurt Angle slash John Cena wins. Chris Benoit gives the baby face, hey, good job. Mm-hmm. Because he put his hand out and said, be a man. And John Cena was like, you're kind of crazy, aren't you? I can tell. Weird things are going to happen in your future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, next up we had Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon backstage. For some reason, Shane hates Vince. Well, they were talking about how they're both fighting the Brothers of Destruction individually. Well, Vince brought that up. Vince yeah. says, you're going to be fighting Kane, and I'm going to be fighting the Undertaker. I'm sorry, Big Evil. And then uh, he says, you know, I forget what he said, but then Shane just said, I hope you get hurt or something like that. He just said, like, he said, all I wish... For you is to get hurt or something like that. Oof. Like Vince was trying to, to offer relate. up a, yeah. yeah, to relate. And Shane was having none of it. And then Vince walks down in the hallway and Stone Cold comes walking by. And they have like a weird Mr. Burns uh, Homer moment. In the yeah, cabin. they laugh and Stone Cold. <laughs> <and judges>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I think Stone Cold was laughing at Vince, but Vince didn't really get it. No. And then Kevin Owens goes up to Vince and says, are you good? And Vince says, no. No. <laughs> Lita versus Molly Holly was next. Yeah, again. <coughs> it was okay. It was, it was it, decent. It was decent. Then I had that crap finish. What was the finish? Oh, I have my notes. Oh, the finish where Molly Holly throws Lita into the turnbuckle after she, she took the pad off. Yeah. And rolled her up after that. Yeah, I wasn't huge on that. That was kind of crap. Where's my notes? I know. It's funny. You're going for your notes. Yeah, you look over here on Twitter. Don't look at my shit. You got a problem. Yeah, Twitter uh, addiction, Steve. Here we go. Uh, yeah, my note here, decent wrestling crap ending. So whatever you say the ending was, it was crap. Yeah, it wasn't very good. All right. Moving on. <laughs> this is a good match. Did you notice that Kane's pyro almost blew up the ambulance? <laughs> I didn't notice that. I have to watch it again. That's so, great. So they pulled me like, back up the ambulance, and it's on the ramp. But that's not the final place it's supposed to be. They're going to pull it forward a bit more, I think. Yeah. And so they pull it right it's so like the front of it is right over Kane's oh my pyro. God. <laughs> so it goes off, and the guy driving the ambulance backs up after the pyro goes off. Mm. Wait for pa- uh, Kane to pass by, and then pulls it up again. Ever watch it? Like, oh gosh, dude, good job keeping your bearings in that situation. I would have freaked out. I like, crap my pants. I ran away. Ah, this isn't good. I know. Oh, no good. Um, anyways, this is a this is a fun match. That it was, was cool. Kind of back in two thousand three, moved a lot better. He was actually a decent wrestler. He was. He was actually he like could actually his, put on decent matches. Yeah, I know. It was weird. It was always weird. Like you're Shane McMahon. Like you shouldn't. I mean, be part a of it, he just does crazy stuff. Yeah, I know. But his fundamentals were sound. Yeah, I know. Like his fundamentals were good. 
he had good timing. Like, and the thing is, the crazy stuff that he did. So there was that um, kind of coast to coast ish thing that he did. Oh, off the ambulance, yeah. Off the ambulance. That takes some coordination. Oh, I know. And some athleticism. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you'd ever doubt Shane's athleticism. Right. The fact that he could do coast to coast at all. I mean, dude, you got to think about it. Standing on top of that hell in a cell and then being able to actually hit the oh, table correctly. Hand eye coordination. I mean, you know, we saw that one game. <laughs> it wasn't nearly that high up. <laughs> exactly. And, like, that would be me. Oh, yeah, me too. I can't figure out where is where. <laughs> How do you even practice that? I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, I lost my nose. Oh, no. Uh, Shane put Kane through a table. Um, yes. And then did a top rope elbow. I mean, I guess that's my only problem with this match is that it's Kane. So it's like, this should be a squash match with the Kane. But it's also Shane McMahon. He's always been kind of booked like he's overpowered. (laughs) There's that great spot where Shane puts Kane in the back of that truck and backed it up, put the pedal to the floor, Mm -hmm. and sent Kane through like the window. Oh, that was awesome. Security kiosk, whatever it was. That was messed up. (coughs) That was great. Yeah, that was great. All that backstage stuff was fantastic. And the cameras kept cutting out. Yeah. I kept losing the camera feed. I don't know what that was all about, if that was a shoot or work. Oh, I think that was a shoot. Yeah. And they get back to the arena and start fighting around the ambulance. And there is one shot, so Shane is hitting Kane in the head with the ambulance door. Oh, man. That last one was That flushed. was brutal. Kane did not put his hands up. That was he brutal. Smack of yeah. metal against Kane's face. I'm surprised he wasn't concussed. Dude, that seemed like it would have rattled the brain, too. That was too. intense. That was brutal. And they showed replays on it. I'm like, oh, God. Mm, you can just imagine what the right brain now. was like. He just took it. Mayor of uh, Knox County. Maybe. Perhaps. We'll find out next May, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's getting his way back, man. He's got to fill those coffers. Yep. His war chest. Yes. <laughs> oh, let's For see. the home stretch. Yeah, exactly. Mayoral run. He needs, to, he needs to get a Kinko's. I'm sorry, FedEx now. Run off all those flyers. Yeah. Go door to door. Hey. Do you vote? I can't do King. We're right? take it. Ends up being Undertaker. More Undertaker. But yeah, Shane does the coast to coast. So the whole setup is there for the Buried Alive match later on. So it's a huge mound of dirt. Mm-hmm. So Shane sets up Kane coming to the base of that mound of dirt, climbs to the top of the ambulance, drop kick off it. Yeah. Pretty amazing feat. No, it was great. But then Kane just hits one tombstone and he wins. Yeah, but it was on concrete. Yeah, I know. But there was a couple. There was one bump that Shane took, and I was like, how did he not just – because it, it didn't look like he took that much. Mm-hmm. But it was on the concrete. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, how did he not just smack the back that. of the... That. That's concrete. I know. Oh, God. Some of that stuff hurts. Yeah, I remember that, too. So, yeah. <coughs> he gets Tombstone, puts in the ambulance. The ambulance starts to very slowly drive away. Well, probably his tires are melted from being run into Kane's pyro. <laughs> yeah. Um, symbolizing the match is over. <laughs> Kane wins. Kane wins. Good for him. Congratulations, Kane. Good job, Kane. Next. Good luck in the Knox County thing. I know oh. he, he doesn't like taxes. I mean, nobody likes taxes, but they're kind of necessary. They're necessary if you want <laughs> things like roads you know, and public schools. services and yeah. such, yes. You don't have to poop in a ditch anymore. I know. <laughs> or chamber pot. Yep. Anyways, next up, we had a Brock Lesnar interview. He was actually decent on the mic. Yeah, he was okay on the mic. It's just odd seeing him get uh, irked by Josh Matthews. Josh Matthews got under his skin because he was like, you know, you lost in your match. I didn't lose. And he's like, well, you tapped out. But I didn't tap out. Like, to see Josh Matthews give Goldberg crap, like he's just some Joe on the street. Lesnar. I'm sorry, Lesnar. What did I say, Joe? No, Goldberg. Goldberg, Lesnar, whatever. Give Lesnar crap as if Lesnar couldn't just literally eat him I on know. the spot. I know. You know. Lesnar, I feel, wasn't as red or purple. 
No, he wasn't. You know, that must have come with old age. <laughs> I guess so. So, anyways, at the conclusion of this interview, Goldberg comes into frame. So at the time, why is cracking Goldberg? Yeah, they're both champions on their respective brands at right. that time. Yeah. And uh, setting the stage for WrestleMania 20, mm-hmm. when they would both say goodbye to WWE. Again, kind of crazy, like, you know, dream match situation here, and we saw it at 20, and then, of course, we saw it again last year, this year, this year. <coughs> and, uh, but then by the by the next WrestleMania, JBL and Triple H were the champions of the respective brands. I wonder what yeah, point, that's weird. I wonder at what point um, Goldberg and Lesnar went to Vince or whomever, said, I'm done, don't want to be here anymore. Did it happen as soon as this? They're already starting to lay the groundwork, or were they doing this, thinking that to be some sort of champion versus champion match? Maybe. Maybe. Ooh, good question. I don't know. Very good question. I don't know either. Probably some answers out there. No way Eddie was champion at WrestleMania 20, because at the end of the show, Benoit won. Oh, I'm thinking of 21. I'm thinking of the next year. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Yeah. And uh, but it's still Triple H. Yeah. Triple H and Eddie. Yeah, you're right. Going into WrestleMania who did Eddie 20. fight at a 20? I'm sorry, at a yeah 20. Let me find out. Eddie fought. I don't know. Uh, that's kind of crazy, though. Yeah, Eddie, because he was in a tag match. He lost in a tag match against the Basham brothers mm-hmm. in this in this one. This is only November. Yeah. And then by the following April, Kurt Angle. Oh, okay. So there's some okay. Uh, next up, we had a segment with Mark Cuban. Yeah, Jonathan Coachman. Walks out to the ring with a neck brace on. Uh, drops a promo. Notices Mark Cuban, mm-hmm. owner of Dallas Mavericks. Yeah. Sitting ringside. Giant 10-year-old. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that he doesn't do that with his hair anymore. I know. Because for the longest time, he looked like the biggest goofball. Mm-hmm. Like he, and he, his posture and the way he's like sort of a... Like his mouth is always open. <laughs> and it's, it's like his hair is like right here. And like... He just looks like a snotty... Ten-year-old, <coughs> but he's like a billionaire. Yeah, he is. Coachman interviews him ringside. He might be our freaking president. Was he going to run for president? Uh, there's talk about it. Mm. But he's going to run. He says if he runs, he's going to be an independent. That's not. You're not going to get anywhere. No. Um, so uh, Eric Bischoff comes out because uh, Cuban was running him down. Mm-hmm. And Bischoff gets in the ring and says, "Well, why don't you come say that stuff to my face?" Yeah. Cuban uh, jumps the barricade. Mm-hmm. Gets in the ring, <coughs> shoves Bischoff. Shoves the crap out of him. And then Randy Orton comes in, RKO's Mark Cuban. Hey, that was a good sell job. It was. He really sold that thing. Good it really job. did. Good job, future president Mark Cuban. All these days, the presidency always goes through WWE, dude. Apparently. Rock, Cuban, Trump. I wouldn't mind Mark Cuban as president. I think he'd be I don't know guy. anything about his politics. Yeah, I me mean, neither, but I can't believe that he'd be like crazy conservative guy. I know he'd like, probably be... Um, let's see here. Next up, Triple H is hanging out with Evolution. Yeah, they're partying about oral sex. Yeah, there with it's so unco- like Batista. You could literally look at Batista and see he's uncomfortable. Triple H seems to be completely happy and his circuit. He's got like like dirty Ric Flair is over here. Yeah, Ric Flair's wondering why there's not twice as many women in the room. <laughs> uncomfortable Batista's over here. Triple H, like the women are like starting to touch him. He's got like three girls with him. And then they like they're starting to take off his shirt. Yeah, like he's gonna have sex right there in front of everybody, which is n- uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's a private situation. It really is, right? Like I don't want a camera back there to see that. 
<laughs> Rick Flair says, hold on, girls. He can't get weak knees yet. Yeah. He's got a mat. Did he volunteer himself? <laughs> uh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. It was all just really un- and then Randy. I mean, I mean, after watching that Ric Flair 30 for 30 and seeing this scene, well, I mean, granted, I know this scene was for the cameras. Yeah, sure. But I, I can't help but thinking Ric Flair literally thought, I've done this like times three. Oh, I know. For yeah. real. For real. Like in Ric Flair's mind, that's yeah. what I'm playing out. Yeah, I know. Like, this is, this is silly what we're doing here yeah. because I've done it for real, like yeah, super hardcore. Exactly. Like, the thing that got me about that documentary was the fact that when he would, he wouldn't phallocopter, he'd be fully erect when he would expose himself to the other wrestlers. Like, there, that's an extra layer of just messed up. Who the heck flushed himself just to show them off? I don't know. It's weird. It's man. really weird. <laughs> it's weird. Anyways, Triple H is about to get a, some oral sex. And Ric Flair says, stop doing that because you have a match. Yeah. Not stop doing that because nobody really wants to see that. Yeah. Stop doing that because you have a Wasn't he match. married <laughs> at the time? <laughs> Not stop doing that because you're a married man. <laughs> no, that would never come out oh, of Oh, I know that. I wrestled. I had sex with probably 10,000 women. You were married, married the, the entire, entire time. time. Anyways. Um... Batista didn't say a word during the entire No, but thing. Randy Orton comes in bragging Last, about... Lassie comes in. Bragging about what he did to... Hey, guys, guys, guys. To Mark Cuban. And as he walks in, like, two, like, the girls, like, pinch the nipples. Again, <laughs> yeah. kind of gross. Yeah. Um, it was all a bit too much. It was just way too much. I think that was my main problem with Evolution. I was so kind of grossed out with their general packaging that I couldn't appreciate that there was, like, a bunch of champions. Oh, I know. I, know. No, I feel the same way. Because, like, when they come out, they show the video package of them in a limo. And it was just them and women and stuff. And it's like, you know... You know, the only person that really probably was enjoying himself the entire time was Ric Flair. <laughs> like, shoot, enjoying himself, yeah. I know. Like, Triple H, you know he's all business. Yeah. You know? But he but he gets into it when the cameras are on. Yeah, of course. Like, he, he does He'll his... play his role, yeah. yes. He, he, he doesn't get uncomfortable because he knows, hey, this is, I got to give 100... I got to give 110 percent to this. Yes. Batista's like, dude, I just want to be acting right now. I know. And Flair's like, let's do more. Yeah, Flair's like, turn the cameras off and let's get this going. Anyways, uh, next. The Basham brothers, right said Fred. Versus Los Guerreros. Yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were. I'm not sure about the Basham brothers. They were some form of tag tag champions. I guess SmackDown tag champions or World Tag, whatever they were. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't much of a match. They had. It was uh, entertaining and all, but. They had Linda Miles. Short. Who at this point went by Shaniqua as some sort of dominatrix type. I did like a, I did a little research on her because she looked like a million bucks. Yeah, she did. She looked great. She looked great. Um, and there's some conflicting info about this is only seven, this is the second shortest match in the card. It's only seven and a half minutes. Yeah, that sounds right. It's a bummer. It would have been nice to see more of Los Guerreros mm-hmm. do their thing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Oh, no, I don't know. I, I did a little bit of research on Linda Miles and why she wasn't really around that long. And, uh, like, there was one shooting interview, and I don't even know who it was. Teddy Long said she seemed cool, but he didn't really know her that well. And uh, then somebody else said that she, I guess she had some heat in the back because she was, you know, not the nicest person. Hmm. But you never know. Yeah. I mean, you know, back then, oh, she's being difficult because she's not, like, going into Vince's office and doing what he wants. Anyways, um... The next note I have is RVD is insanely over. <laughs> you must be getting to uh, Team Austin versus Team Bischoff. Yeah. Um, after yeah, Team Bischoff. <coughs> so if Team Bischoff won, Austin would be fired. 
No, he'd have to retire. He'd have to retire. What were the circumstances of Team Bischoff lost? I didn't gather any 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 fallout from that other than just they lost. All right. Um, you notice that Scott Steiner was limping all over the place? <laughs> Scott Steiner. I, that was one of my notes. Scott Steiner. Oh, yeah. Steiner just doesn't fit in here. That, no. was, that was what I said. He just he didn't fit in the WWE. You could tell that this dude was just cut from his own cloth. Yes. At this point, especially. But ever since he started, it's crazy. Like, his transformation to Big Papa Pump was so complete. He could never have gone back to just regular Scott Steiner as the Steiner Brothers guy. Which is crazy. But I just feel like his character had no place in WWE as yeah, it was. Know, you know? know? Like, you have to follow a certain... He was best doing, like shoot promos where he'd come out there you know nobody's going to discipline him oh I know and he starts going off on Ric Flair when he's in a program with like Sid mm-hmm. <laughs> you know oh I know and he starts talking about having sex with all the wrestlers wives that's when he was best yeah. you can't do that in the WWE you can't come out there if you're in a program with Triple H and say you know Kurt Angle I'm going to bed your wife later on in the locker room <laughs> like <laughs> you're in a program with Triple H you know, and then he puts you in a headlock. Yeah. <laughs> that, that doesn't fly in the WWE because Vince will just fire you. And on top of that, he's limping around. Yeah. He, he, his, his in-ring abilities were severely compromised. Yeah. At this point. Because, like, even we'd put, uh, who do you put in the Steiner recliner? I don't remember. Yeah. There was zero torque on it. <laughs> right. Zero. Right. And he's eliminated really quickly by Booker T. Yeah. RVD was insanely over, though. So this was Team uh, Bischoff. Team Bischoff was... Oh, you have it. Um, Jericho, Mark Henry. Mark Henry had on like a... It was like sort of an off-white singlet. Yeah. You know, he always wore singlets. But off-white was not good for him because either he sweat or got under a garden hose before he came out because like the middle section of his back was just all sweat and then it gave him like a little wet wedgie mm-hmm. going up into his butt mm-hmm. and it was just unflattering. Not good. Uh, Christian, Randy Orton, Scott Steiner. Yeah, Christian already looked like jobber guy. Team Austin was Booker T, Dudley Boys, RVT, RVD, mm-hmm. and, Sean, and uh, Shawn Michaels. HBK, yeah. <coughs> so as I mentioned, Booker T eliminates Scott Steiner pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And then Mark Henry eliminates Booker T pretty quickly after that. There's a cool spot where Mark Henry is eliminated by a 3D from the Dudley Boys, followed up quickly by a, a five-star frog splash. Oh, that was fun because then they all got on each other to pin Mark Henry. Yeah, I love yeah. when they book strong guys like that. Strong. I know. Um, Orton eliminates RVD with an RKO. Mm-hmm. And then Jericho pinned and eliminated Devon with a sling blade. Hey. I was right, wasn't I? Okay. So, yes, you are correct. That was a good-looking sling blade because not just Jericho, but the way it was sold. Devon just didn't go down to the ground. He jumped into along with Jericho's momentum. And then one of our friendos showed a Tanahashi. A couple of them, yeah, yeah. I think with Kota Ibushi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that one during this last match. It wasn't during the last match. Okay, that's what I thought. It might have been during their G1 match. So the the trick to a sling blade is whoever's selling it has to sell the living crap out of Mm -hmm. it for it to be cool. Mm -hmm. Nobody sells it anymore. Nobody sells it so it looks good. Yeah, it could be. So that's my problem with it. Well, I feel like also Jericho and Tanahashi, when he does it, he actually holds on to whoever's taking it as they go down a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Whereas Valor and, and Rawls just kind of wrap their arms a little bit to indicate, all right, you should start falling to the mat. Right. They barely even touch the guy. Oh, yeah, Rollins does that. It's so annoying. 
All right. Anyways. Um, so then Bubba is eliminated after a low blow, so that leaves HBK as sole member of Team Austin taking on Christian, Jericho, and Orton. Yeah. Um, pretty quickly after, Christian is eliminated with Sweet Chin Music. Yeah. Yeah, we got a lot of Sweet Chin Music. Oh, sorry, this. before that, HBK is busted up and bleeding everywhere. It looked like he had, like a, not just like a 22, like a shotgun blast bleeding to the head. Everywhere. HBK must have just... Licked his chops coming back, knowing that he could finally bleed all the time. I know because he bled so much. It was a back. lot of blood. Yeah, every <laughs> match, man. Like he was—he literally was the reason they stopped bleeding. Vince stopped letting him do it. Him and Jericho. Yeah, were the, was the reason during the Vince Undertaker match. Did you time how long it took Vince to start bleeding? Oh, it was like within. It was one punch. Yeah, yeah, it was one punch. Yeah, so however many seconds it took for that to happen. Yeah, and then that was a lot of blood. That was a ton. Yeah. It was a ton on the outside. So, anyways, HBK is bleeding all over the place. He uh, pins Christian after some sweet chin music. Yeah, everybody he came into contact with at that point was painted with red. I know. You know it was gross. It was kind of blood. Yeah. Um, he rolls up Jericho, and then Jericho responds with a chair shot to HBK's head. <coughs> oh, yeah, that was nasty. He got his hand up. Yeah. And then uh, the, the finish of this match was tons of fun. Um, Orton goes up. To the top rope for a crossbody. HBK mm-hmm. gets out of the way. Ref bump. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that ref took, man, that crossbody was yeah. brutal. Yeah. Um, HBK starts to tune up the band for a sweet chin music. Bischoff comes in and gives uh, HBK a kick to the ribs. So weak, dude. Because you know, Bischoff's supposed to be a black belt in something. Yeah, karate or some crap like that. Um, Austin gets in the ring and stuns the heck out of Orton. That's a fantastic yeah, yeah. spell. Yeah, and his legs glitched under the ropes. Yeah, I know. They were like just draped up on the ropes. so good. Um, Austin and Bischoff start brawling up the the ramp. Mm-hmm. Batista sneaks in, powerbomb HBK. Yeah, Orton covers him for the pin. Team Bischoff wins. Mm-hmm. Austin has to retire. Yeah, Austin stands at the top of the ramp, just shocked, He's distracted by Bischoff. Mm-hmm. He can keep his eyes on the prize. Yeah. Um. So and then he comes back to the ring, helps up HBK. <coughs> HBK keeps saying, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry." That was a great moment. Covered in blood. Yeah. Shake hands. Austin kind of helps him out of the ring towards the back. Austin comes back out, drops a promo, mm-hmm. saying goodbye. Yeah. And then uh, Coachman comes out with security. So, you know, he's going to get murdered. Mm-hmm. He comes out singing, no, 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 that crap. Um, gets in there, starts laying in a stone cold saying, you know, get out of here. You're retired. You're done. Nobody's ever going to see you again. You're forever gone from the WWE. And then uh, Stone Cold with nothing left to lose. Destroys security and murders Jonathan Coachman in the ring. Takes his neck brace off and yeah. stuns him. Yeah, that was great. Fantastic. Next, American Badass Undertaker. No, wait. Big Evil Undertaker. Isn't that American Badass? No. There is a difference. I looked this up. What's the difference? Because I was like, wait a second. Why is he not coming out to Kid Rock or Limp Biscuit? Yeah, that theme song he came out to during this show was awful. Why is he not on a motorcycle? Okay. There is a mild difference. What's the difference? Short hair, heel. When he went heel is when he started being Dead Man Inc., Big Evil. Wait, he was a heel in this match? Um, so when he first started being Dead Man Inc., Big Evil, oh. he, it was when he turned heel. All right. At this point, I guess he was a face, but I don't really know. I mean, I guess he was working at face. And then he saw he didn't come out on his motorcycle anymore. Yeah, no, because that. that's a face thing to do. I guess so. And he didn't come out to Limp Bizkit. Well, Eric Bischoff didn't think so. He thought motorcycles were cool. <laughs> yeah. So he won. But I guess so. Yeah, I guess you can say motorcycles are a face thing. If people think they're cool. Yeah. Yeah, well, they are cool. I mean, they're kind of cool. Yeah. You know. 
But Bischoff thinks they're really Yeah, cool. Bischoff thinks they're the coolest. <laughs> right, exactly. He wants to be in a biker gang. Apparently. Do you think you ever realized that? Do you ever, do you I thought you were going to say, do you think you ever rode a motorcycle? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you think you ever found like a crew, like a club, a motorcycle club? I'm going to tweet at him. Yeah. Can can people out there tweet at Eric Bischoff say, did you ever find a motorcycle club mother, to ride with? Mother, uh, middle-aged men that <laughs> ride their motorcycles in pleated jeans. <laughs> right. Leather jackets. Yeah. Like, you know, I like, because I like people to realize their dreams. Oh, I do I'm too. not dogging them. No, people should be happy. Yeah, totally. You know, it's like if you found a band to play in. Yeah, it'd make me happy. That'd, be, that'd make you happy. It'd be yeah. cool. Jam out on the weekends. Yeah, it'd be fun. You know, if I found some sort of, if I found like a Federation Starship to join the crew of. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be my dream. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in, in, in Star Trek. Anyway. You want to go on the holodeck? Yeah, well, that's basically the only reason. I want to load up Barclays program. Hit <laughs> up Counselor Troy. Anyways, uh, anyway, this match starts. Vince bleeds immediately and bleeds and it's a ton, profusely. A ton. It's so much blood. Point. He's out on the on the ring mat on the outside, and there's two puddles of blood at least that large. Oh, it's huge. It's disgusting. It's really gross. Undertaker freaking nailed Vince in the head with a shovel at one yeah. point. He went. He literally walked over to the buried alive part. Like where the actual grave is dug. Yeah. Got the shovel from that. Back to the ring, only to smack Vince across the face with the shovel. That was a nasty shot. It was flush. Yeah, it was nasty. Like the whole match, Undertaker was dominating Vince, just beating the hell out of him. Oh, yeah, it was the entire match. Just beating the hell out of him. And then you look, like afterwards, they cut to Cole and Taz, and there's like blood smears all over their desk. Yeah, because Undertaker threw him over the, threw Vince over their announce table. It was gross. It was nasty. Too much blood. Yeah. (laughs) So the finish of uh, Undertaker dragged Vince <coughs> up to the, the grave site, um, getting ready to put Vince in the hole, mm-hmm. in the pit. Mm-hmm. Vince low blows him, hits him with the shovel. Undertaker goes in the pit. Um, Undertaker pulls Vince in with him. He goes up to the, the front loader, yeah. dumps the dirt on it, and that thing just blows up. Yeah. There's all sorts of fire coming out of it. That was weird. But it was Kane. Mm-hmm. Kane did it. Yeah. Kane, Kane was there. Um, Kane knocks Undertaker into the pit. Vince goes up, dumps dirt on him. Vince wins. Undertaker has to retire. Undertaker. But he came back for WrestleMania 20 because he fought Kane. Um, yeah, but he came back as Dead Man. Well, not not Dead, Dead Man Inc. No, Dead Man. Not Big Evil. The Phenom. Actual Undertaker. Oh, one note I, I forgot to mention here. Uh, this was Steiner, the, the, the team angle. I'm sorry, team Bischoff, team Austin. This is Steiner's last match? Second to last match. He was actually in the, the next year's Royal Rumble. Lasted six minutes. And then he wasn't seen again because he was injured. And they didn't release him until like August. Wow. So he was sitting there collecting paychecks, doing nothing until August. And then they released him finally. You know, I don't think we have a place for Scott here. Anyway, so yeah. His tenure in WWE didn't last very long then. No, it didn't. About yeah. a year. Um, so he signed in 2002. Because he faced Triple H at Rumble He's, 2003, it at, right? It was at Survivor Series 2002 that he made his debut. And this was Survivor Series 2003. And then he was gone before Survivor Series 2004. All right. So, yeah. A little less than two years. Main event time. Triple H versus Goldberg. Triple H versus Triple Goldberg. H with the bicycle shorts is always weird to me. Because I looked, they're not one piece. Yeah, I know. He's got the bicycle shorts underneath his trunk. Yeah, I know. Why didn't he just wear tights? I don't know. He used to wear tights. He looked great in them. I know. Like, if you... I don't know why he would do that. I don't know either. It was really good. for goofy. his quads, right? 
Well, you'd think so, but couldn't he do that for, like, with, with tights? Yeah, you yeah. think so. I don't know. Because, man, the bike shorts are goofy. Yeah. So goofy. Yeah, I don't understand either. Anyways. Anyways. There's lots tons of blood. Yeah, just lots point. of blood. Blood everywhere. Some little McMahon, HBK, DNA babies running around. It is too much. And the, the opening, or the video package that preceded this match, Triple H issued a bounty for Goldberg. Um, and Batista collected on this bounty by powerbombing Goldberg and then breaking his ankle mm-hmm. yeah. by putting a chair in it, over it, jumping off the top rope, stomping on it, yeah. injuring Goldberg's ankle. And Goldberg sold that injury throughout the match. It was wrapped up. It was Triple H's sole focus mm-hmm. throughout the match. Yeah. made the match fairly one-dimensional. Yeah, but with Goldberg, you need to do that. Oh, I understand that. You have to do something <laughs> like that. Because he's not going to give you... He's such a clumsy wrestler. Oh, no. He was not a good wrestler. And Triple H can bring people to good matches if he wants to. Um, and I honestly think that Triple H is trying his darndest to make Goldberg into a moneymaker, mm-hmm. you know? Um, well, he lost to him twice, so... Yeah, exactly. I think he even... Didn't he lose to Scott Steiner at some point? Like, Triple H was trying his best to make some moneymakers, you know? No, he beat Scott Steiner. He had that match at Rumble 2003. They fought like twice, though, didn't they? Oh, did they? I think. I just know about the title match. I don't know. I know they had like a, an arm wrestling contest at one point. And then I remember Steiner debated Chris Nowitzki, a legit Harvard graduate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On like the Iraq War or something. Something like that. It was weird. They were just throwing. There was no identity in the WWE at this point. It was just bleed a lot. Bleed a lot. And then maybe be kind of salacious, mm-hmm. but focus all that stuff on Vince. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Goldberg's selling that leg injury. Triple H's attacking the bandaged leg. Um, Triple H goes for a figure four. Goldberg kicks him off. Right into Earl Hebner, ref bump. You know, I kind of appreciate, though, that the Triple H-Earl Hebner feud lasted, like, years. Like, that went back to, like, 2000 when Triple H was bullying Earl Hebner and reversing this. I think it was Hebner. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. The Jericho The Jericho match. match. Might have been Kyoto. But yeah, like him and Hebner, like every t- any time we watch a Triple H era freaking ruthless aggression late attitude era match, and Earl Hebner's the ref, which is like always, they're always like yelling at each other. Yeah. Well, in this case, he dropped an elbow on Earl. Yeah. So uh, refs out. Uh, Flair throws Triple H some brass knuckles. Mm-hmm. Uh, Triple H hits Goldberg with a brass knuckle covered fist. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg kicks out at two, and at that point, after that moment, Triple H doesn't even get up. Just drops an elbow at Earl. Yeah. Knocks him out again. <laughs> Triple H gets a sledgehammer. Goldberg gets away from him. Evolution comes to the ring. Goldberg fends them all off with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldberg thinks about using sl- sledgehammer on Triple H. Decides against it. Spear. So I don't need a sledgehammer when I have a jackhammer. He has a spear. He has a jackhammer. Pin. Goldberg retains the World Heavyweight Championship. Kind of weird. I like, according to Goldberg, he's like, you know, it didn't turn out the way I wanted it to. They made you World Champion. I know. Maybe it just means in terms of getting over the fans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that could be. I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. Yeah. In the moment, like, you you probably just don't appreciate what's going on and stuff, but... I'm sure it's, it was probably fairly tumultuous back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine so, too. Again, it was just kind of weird, like... I don't know. Every time we watch one of these shows, I feel like the brand split was totally necessary when they did it, and then very quickly became completely unnecessary. Yeah. But then it lasted for the longest time. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like it's eight interesting years. What could have happened if everybody from WCW would have come over at the same mm-hmm. time? Yeah, and there's that too. Yeah. 
would have carried the whole thing would have carried a lot more weight. They would have needed to do the weird alliance thing. Right, right, right. Just kind of bolster the ranks of the invading side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you want to do next? I mean, we don't have to announce it here, well, we, but we can December. talk about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, December. We finally see if we want to put December to dismember up on. Okay. The, yeah, we should do that. Let's, one. Do, let's let's try to find like three Christmas themed things that we can do. Okay. Oh yeah, hey, it'll be fun. Do they have it? What? Wasn't the um, Freebirds von Eric? Uh, oh, that Star Wars, whatever. Wasn't that like on Christmas Eve or something, or Christmas Day? I don't know. Maybe. No, no, no. We'll find three things that we'll put up for vote for our ten dollars yeah. and up patrons. If you guys want to participate in voting for the next going in review, we're at the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson at the ten dollars a month mark. You can vote. <coughs> we'll figure something out and put it up. Yeah. For the Christmas. Yes. All right. Unless, wait, what's right uh, Clash of Champions? Is that the December pay-per-view? Mm-hmm. Man, we should put three of those awesome TBS Clash well, of Champions. Well, we can offer up two, and then the friend does have to offer up one of their own. Yeah, one of their own awesome TBS. We have to say, hey, it's got to be a TBS Clash it's of Champions. Be a TBS Clash of Champions. Exactly. Some on the network. Took on um, Rudolph the Red Nose Reindeer. Clash of Champions four seasons beating. Oh, look at that! December seventh, main event: Ric Flair and Barry Windham. Oh, this, uh, took on the Midnight Express. Oh man, we got uh, Road Warrior Animal against Dusty Rhodes. Ivan Koloff versus pa- Paul Jones. Doctor Death, Steve Williams versus the Italian Stallion. Oh man, I don't even know any of these people. Fantastic uh, versus Eddie Gilbert and Ron Simmons. Seasons beatings. That sounds amazing. Like they're all holiday themed. The next one is Valentine's Day, something or another. That seems to be the only one that actually took place in December, though. <laughs> Seasons beatings it is. That's one of them. All right. Well, that'll be one of them. Clash Champions 4. Yeah. We'll figure out the rest. Yeah. Let the patrons know. Thanks for watching. Let, let us know what you guys think in the comments. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.